Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Hello there, friends. Well, before we start today, I wanted to share some fun mom-to-mom podcast news that we received last week. Podcast Magazine came out with their first annual Top 50 Moms in Podcasting, and the Mom-to-Mom podcast came in 36th. We were right up there with some of our favorite podcasters like Emily P. Freeman, Jamie Ivey, and Emily Thomas of Moms Struggling Well, who we interviewed just a few episodes back on our Working Moms series. They published a beautiful four-page spread on our podcast, which was a lovely surprise. So if you regularly listen to podcasts, you can get a lifetime subscription for free right now, which is well worth it. It's a great magazine with lots of good information on everything having to do with podcasts. We'll put a link in the show notes for you. Well, today we're going to talk about prayer and the praying mom. You know, nothing we do is more important than prayer and time on our knees will bear more fruit in our children's lives than any other activity that we engage in. Prayer is powerful and the sooner we learn to harness its incredible power correctly, the better. It's the best investment we can make in anyone's lives, especially our children's. Now, I've always been a big believer in prayer, and I'm a big believer in praying big prayers. I've never doubted that God hears my prayers, and I don't know why, but I've always been able to have faith for big dreams, and I've seen God bring them to pass time and time again. But seeing dreams come to pass takes devoting yourself to prayer. Trust me, not everything I prayed about came into being. Now, if you listen to the Mom to Mom podcast, you know that I struggled mightily with infertility and I prayed for years for more than one child, but God never answered that prayer. At least he didn't answer it the way I wanted him to. I'm the woman who wanted five children, but God said, no, you get one, but the life I have for the one child I'm giving you is going to take focused and specific prayer. And as my daughter grew and began expressing her gifts in music and songwriting, God began to reveal where he was taking her, and he began laying big dreams on my heart and asking me to pray for them. And I had just enough faith to say yes. So I decided to dream big with God and see where it would go, and God did amazing things in my daughter's life. And now, although I never was able to have those five children, I have five incredible grandchildren, which is certainly a lot easier with a lot fewer diapers to change. But God has his way that he answers our prayer. So... Ladies, let's talk about prayer today. The book Prayers That Avail Much by Jermaine Copeland came out a long time ago, but it inspired me early on to pray scripture when I pray. I love James 5.16. It says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Reading her book really motivated me, and it taught me how to pray specific scriptures when interceding for friends or family members. I learned that my prayers do, in fact, avail much, not because of my holiness or worth in God's eyes. I mean, I know that my righteousness is as filthy rags, but because the word of God is all powerful. They're his words, not mine. I'm simply agreeing with God and praying his words back to him. So what about you, ladies? 
Do you pray scripture over your children? I am so glad we're beginning this episode with this question, Kate, because when I was a mom of littles, I remember asking another mom how I should deal with a particular uh, area that my, one of my children was struggling with, and basically um, areas in my own motherhood that I was struggling with. And her answer uh, was not what I expected. She asked me, September, are you praying for your child? And I told her, yes, yes, I'm praying for my child. And she asked me if I was praying scripture over my children. And I said, no, I hadn't even thought of that or considered that. And then she asked me even more specifically, are you praying scripture out loud over your children? And I was just impacted by that so much in that moment to the point where I thought, why had this never occurred to me? If God's word is quick and living and active, why would I not want my child to hear it? Why would I doubt the power of it? Why would I not, you know, verbalize it? So this is where I began my journey um, 28 years ago in praying scripture over my children. It's not a habit that I find myself regularly in. Um, I think it breaks the mold of what prayer is sometimes when we think about praying scripture, but even praying it out loud over our children is um, so powerful because our kids get to hear us um, praying. God's words and promises of hope. It's not just, oh, oh, dear Lord, help my child to be a better child. It's it's the promise of, of what he has to say. So um, I do pray scripture over my children, um, you know, out loud and, and quietly to myself in my own prayer time. Well, Kate, I've not heard of that book by Jermaine Copeland, but I'm definitely going to write it down because I'm a firm believer if a mentor of mine suggests a book, I'm going to put it on my to-be-read list and make sure I track it down. So if you're listening today and you're looking for a good book on prayer, take Kate's advice because it's certainly been lived out well in her own life. Um, well, I would say years ago, similar to September, I was gifted this little tiny book on prayer. It was like 365 prayers that I could pray for my kids, and it's out of print now, so I won't even mention the title, but um, it was gifted to me by a mentor. And... I don't know that I held much stock in it right away, but as I began to go through each page through the next, you know, 365 days, I began to see not just the prayers being answered in the life of my kids, but my own heart be changed through this book and through specific scriptures that um, God was challenging me for my own heart. You know, you can't very well pray for your child to walk humbly if you are not walking humbly, or you can't pray for your child to answer with kindness if you are not answering in kindness. So it was really, um, it was really challenging for my own self. So I go through that book every day. I've been going through it now for the last, you know, 16 years. So it's, 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 practically threadbare and it's worn straight through. But every day I pray one specific verse for one of my children. I rotate them through the week and then um, I bring them before the Lord with that particular prayer in mind. So for instance, today I prayed for my oldest son that he would accept and be welcoming to others, even if they are different from him. And tomorrow I'll pray a verse for my, my next oldest son in line. And I, I really have found value in having some very specific verses to pray for, for I think three reasons. One, it kind of keeps my prayer time from becoming stagnant um, because without specific prayers to pray for, that time easily just becomes kind of robotic and 
I, it feels like I've got these semi-memorized prayers and it's very monotonous. I think too, it gives me some very specific things to pray for that I might not otherwise even think about praying for my kids. You know, do I, do I want my kids to choose meekness? Absolutely. But I don't always remember to ask God specifically for meekness in the area of my kids. And I can see that found in scripture. So it's something that I can pray and claim on their behalf. I think it also helps me to put the responsibility for the molding of my child in the right place. Meaning when I pray that my kids will learn to be, let's say, good stewards of their their time, I have to come face to face with the reality that that's not always in my control. I can't force them to become good stewards. I have to hand that over to the Holy Spirit who actually has the power to mold and shape my kids and sanctify them more like Christ. So when I call upon God by using scripture, um, when I call upon him to keep his word in the lives of my kids, I'm, I'm admitting my limitations. So praying scripture reminds me of how really small I am and helps me release my kids to him. And, and obviously this book that I have is no longer in print, but, but we actually have created, I think, a great resource that's very similar of some scriptures that we've pulled together with some very specific prayer points that um, can remind each of us as moms to pray very specific things in light of our kids calling upon God to be faithful to his word on their behalf. I don't always pray scripture, sometimes just heartfelt words from the depths of my soul, or at times when God shows me specifically something to pray about, I just simply follow his lead and speak out what I believe he's instructing me to pray. Other times when I truly don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will make intercession, as Romans 8.26 says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. But I encourage you to pray what you see in your heart, even if it seems impossible. Because we know Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I think God puts those impossible dreams, those things not seen in our hearts for the very reason that they are impossible without his divine help and intervention. I know that without him, I can do nothing, but with him, absolutely nothing is impossible. He's taught me to pray big, bold, audacious prayers. We have not because we ask not. I mean, you know, God's just shown me too many times that it's not about me. It's about his purpose being manifest on the earth. And I'm convinced a lot of things that happened in my daughter's life were the result of prayer. I mean, I know just the things that he showed me to pray for that, that seemed crazy, that, but God said, pray for it. And I said, oh, okay. And then it would happen. So not just my prayers, but hers as well. And she would tell you that prayer is essential in her life. So Proverbs 18.21 says, and, and we've addressed this a little bit, but let's go into it a little more deeply that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what we say and what we pray have a huge impact on the world around us. And because the word does not return to God void, everything we say and every word we speak is heavy with power. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, do you believe it's important to pray out loud for your children? Sometimes, not all the time, but, but are there those times when it's important to pray out loud for your children? Well, I want us all to remember that the enemy would like nothing more than to claim our kids. 
And praying out loud reminds him of whose you are and by whose authority you are praying. Unlike God, Satan is not omniscient, so he can't read our minds. So while we might be praying to maybe have victory over a certain sin or maybe praying in Jesus' name with the power of the Holy Spirit, the devil doesn't know that. He can't read your mind and he can't read your thoughts. He's, he's really crafty. And so he, he'll definitely study you and want to um, figure out what's going on in your head, but he's not a knower of all things. So your out loud prayers reminds him of who you put your faith in and who you put your trust in and by whose power you're claiming, you know, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Luke 10, 17 says. So while I don't, I don't always pray out loud, but there are certain times and in certain circumstances where I feel like if nothing else, I need to make sure the enemy knows I'm praying in Jesus name. Hmm. Did you know that the word spoke or speak is used more than 1400 times in the King James version of the Bible? When we're in agreement with God's will, when we know a thing to be true, when we're calling those things that are not as though they are, we will see results in prayer. The key is we must know God's will and what God's word says. Now, when I do this, I typically declare Bible promises. For example, I might say, Lord, I declare that my child or this person or whoever I'm praying about is blessed and highly favored. She's blessed coming in and she's blessed going out. She's the head and not the tail. She's above and not beneath. She's growing every day in wisdom and stature and in favor with you and man and just promises like that. I could go on and on with Bible promises, but you get the point. I believe it is important to pray out loud for your children whenever possible. I mean, imagine how encouraging it would be to your own faith to hear life-affirming words from scripture being prayed for you. It would make you feel strong and invincible and that anything was possible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 tells us. So I do believe in proactive, preemptive prayer. We create reality with our prayer by coming into agreement with God's will in a situation. So how important is it to be bold in prayer for our children, to pray big prayers if God is leading us in that direction? You know, I always felt greedy or selfish to ask God big things, um, big prayers or big thoughts. I'm not sure, you know, where that came from. And it took me um, believing in his power and his unfailing love and kindness to know that he sees and he hears my words and my heart. And, and I think it for me as a mom, it just took me to really, what is my heart posture when I'm praying those big, those big asks and those big things, um, whether it's a big problem or a big prayer idea or a big brave, bold prayer for my child, for their future. I just always felt like it was selfish of me. And um, it just really made me realize that my view of God affects my words in prayer. And so I don't know if there's another mom, you know, listening that thinks, well, you know, I'm going to pray for my child. And maybe sometimes when we think about praying for our children, we're praying for the things that they need to work on or that they struggle with or that they need to fix. But I had to really transition my mind in thinking this. And I think, hey, you really helped me think differently about this with your book, The God Fair, reading through that, um, that our prayers to the Lord for our children are not necessarily always, you know, what 
praying for their character to be refined or fixed or to become such a godly person is to pray on their behalf to help them and to grow them with the gifts God's given them and to kind of uphold them and to give them the the positive, the courage and those, those positive things. And I think sometimes we think of prayer as requests. And I think that's where I would get hung up and asking big, bold prayers. And so I think our view of God um, is really has to be kind of challenged in this area. And, you know, of course, reading your book and bringing my mind into focus and thinking, praying for my children isn't just always praying, you know, for them. It's praying with them in partnership with God and what he had planned for them, not to just fix them, but to mold them and to, to pray on their behalf. Like it's an honor to pray for our children on their behalf. You know, when I want to pray for my child, of course, I'm going to bring those things before God that they're struggling with and I'm struggling with as a mom, but then also, you know, to tell our our children, you know, I've been praying for you because I can see God is doing something big in you. And I'm praying that you will be brave and full of courage. And I can see that. And I wanted to let you know, I'm praying for you. And they hear the positive because I think maybe growing up, I've heard prayer as a means to of intercession to fix something or to bring me in a right relationship with God. And therefore my mind had to do this, you know, turnaround, this 360 turnaround and thinking, I want my children to know I'm praying for them on their behalf. It's not just that they'll be a better person. So um, that's where my prayers had to take a big, bold turn. And now I'm not afraid to do that. What a perspective shift September to, to think about the idea that we can partner with God on behalf of our children. Mm. I guess I, I had never thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. You know, scripture invites us to have the audacity to have big prayers because when we do so, um, when we believe we can bring bold prayers to God, we're actually acknowledging that he is big enough and that he's able Now, I just want to be clear because I know that this can get into some murky waters. I'm not talking about genie in a bottle prayers. This isn't like a name it and claim it gospel. This is really our spiritual birthright to pray confidently to the one who is, as Ephesians says, able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. So I'd hate for my kids to miss out on some big something that the Lord maybe has for them because I didn't have the courage to pray boldly about it. Now, can God give them immeasurably more without my prayers? Absolutely. He doesn't need me. But what I think is so amazing and, and actually unbelievable He invites me to be a part of that big story. So why wouldn't I want to be? Yeah, exactly, Jamie. I love that, that he he brings us in as parents. I love that. You know, I've learned to be bold in prayer. It took me a while, but I love the scripture from Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When it comes to our kids... Boldness is essential in every area. We need to be bold with their teachers, bold with their friends, bold in our family witness, bold in protecting them, bold in our role as parents, and bold in authority. Additionally, we must be bold to believe in our children's future. 
we had audacious faith, my husband and I both, to believe God's word that he had a future and a hope for our child. Now, people often say, I'll believe it when I see it, when in fact, it really ought to be the other way around. God has shown me over the years that when I see it in my inner man and with my spiritual eyes, I'll then be able to believe it. And when I truly believe something is typically when I actually then see it. It's just always been that way. I see it first or I sense it from the Lord. I pray about it, believe it, and then I see it come to pass. Experience has shown me time and time again that I'll see it when I believe it. I don't know why it's just always worked out that way for me. So God is a God of details and his creativity is endless. So do you ladies think it's important to be specific and detailed when we pray? You know, when I listen to this question, Kate, it makes me think of scripture, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And um, a lot of times I say this to my children, I remind them that our minds cannot fathom how creative God is. We cannot see the future, of course, and we cannot fathom how or when or what he will use or do in any situation. And when I pray specifically those details, Kate, then I'm, I feel, and I know that I'm taking my plans and my thoughts and I'm giving them back to God to do every detail that he has in mind. And for me, it's not just about asking the details, but when I'm asking, believing he can, and then he will choose what is best. I think that's what is most important when I'm praying those details is that he knows that I'm believing and trusting, but then I'm also knowing he will choose what is best for my children. I remember when uh, I was first married and I had this really godly mentor and I didn't grow up in a home that had verbal prayer out loud, or, you know, we grew up in a Catholic background. So everything was a lot of standard back then prayers, which were off of paper or traditional. Therefore, it wasn't personal for me as a child growing up. So I just always heard the same prayer over and over. So when I was first married, I had this woman in my life who just really gently, um, came alongside me and helped me open the Bible and grow this personal relationship with the Lord. And I think that's the key is personal. And I remember going on this day trip with her and we were, we sat down, we had these packed sandwiches and I remember opening them and she said, do you want to pray for lunch? And um, I had my oldest son who was in the car with us and I said, sure, yes, I'll pray. And I prayed the same prayer, you know, maybe a little differently than I normally do every day, but it's always, it always began the same way and ended the same way. And um, we finished praying and I was eating lunch and she just kind of slipped this into our conversation. She said, September, have you ever thought about what you say when you pray? Like what you're asking and, and do you believe that you can ask God for more than that? And that you can get really personal and creative with with your words to him in prayer. I, I remember feeling so upset at first that someone would tell me that. I felt like, well, this is my prayer and you're telling me how I should pray for my children. But God did work in me and, and he reminded me, I'm, I'm a personal God to you, September. Therefore, you can pray personally to me. And she was right. She was so right. And it challenges me all the time when I feel like I'm just saying prayers to pray. I'm just getting caught in repetition and I'm just doing it to do it. And, and it has just, that really challenged me all those years ago, 30 years ago, to remember that God is a creative God. 
and he's very personal and it's okay for me to do that. And even with my children to, to think outside the box, because I, you know, those verses in Isaiah remind me that my ways are not his ways. He's not thinking the same way I'm thinking. So it's my job to give him what I believe and trust and to let him choose the best for my children. So I think when we pray um, and we call upon God with very specific prayers, we have to remember that, and we probably all know this, that God already knows what we're going to pray for even before we pray. And I think that that hangs a lot of moms up. Like if God already knows what I'm going to pray, why do I need to say it? But I think part of the reason we're, we're asked to pray specifically is really for our sake and not for God's. When we pray for specific things and we, and we see those specific prayers answered, our faith is proved. Because answers to vague prayers can often be explained away. You know, we can explain it away from science or, you know, it was, it was the doctor's work and not God's work or whatever, fill in the blank. We can explain it away. But answers to specific prayers show not just um, the power of God, but I think also the care of God. It helps us to look to God expectantly. And I think of um, a story in scripture about a very specific prayer request and how it was answered. It's found in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And it's the story of Bartimaeus. Perhaps you're familiar with the story. I'm not going to read it, but I'll just uh, kind of sum it up for you. Bartimaeus was a blind beggar and he was sitting along the roadside and, and he heard Jesus coming along the way and he cried out to him with a really ambiguous request. He said, have mercy on me. Well, that could mean a lot of different things. And while Jesus and, and really anyone around him knew full well what Bartimaeus was really wanting, Jesus wanted him to ask specifically. So Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Why was that? Because it forced Bartimaeus to be specific. And so he said, let me recover my sight. And when Jesus restored his sight, there was no doubt that that request had been heard and had been answered. The request was specific and asked in faith. And it was that faith that Jesus said made him well. But, but I think the story would have gone far differently if the request had remained very ambiguous, just have mercy on me. So I think we're, we're, we're encouraged to ask specifically so that when those specific prayers are answered, we acknowledge who was the one who answered it and God gets all the glory. I love that story of Bartimaeus. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a great, it's a great illustration. Um, you know, God is a God of details. His creativity is endless and knows no bounds. He's specific and intentional in creation. I mean, how many blades of grass, snowflakes, fingerprints, or galaxies exist, and not one of them exactly like another? He cares about every detail of life, even the little things. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground and dies, and he knows every thought you think, every dream in your heart, every breath you take. I learned a long time ago, if I was going to take the time to pray, I would be detailed in my prayers. Now, not long-winded, but detailed and specific, because I'm convinced God cares about my life. 
Now, I have a neighbor who disagrees with me about this. He thinks God has more important things to do, like solve world hunger, than to be concerned about our day-to-day -day troubles. But I disagree. I believe God knows everything about me, and he delights to be invited into every area of my life. And I know this because he tells us in Psalm 139, he says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. This is such a beautiful scripture. And he goes on to say in verses 13 through 18, that was verse one through four. This is 13 through 18. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you." How amazing that the thoughts God thinks toward you and me are more in number than the sand. I think you'll agree he's in the details. And because of that, I pray detailed prayers, sometimes very detailed prayers. When my daughter was in school, I specifically prayed about all her classes and for her teachers. Even in college, I prayed for wisdom for her and choosing her classes and for her professors and for her to be diligent in her work and have enough time to complete her all her assignments. You know, I even pray for parking spots for myself. Yep, I'm one of those Christians. And sometimes I get good ones and sometimes I don't. But I learned a long time ago, you don't get what you don't ask for. Or as God says, my people have not because they ask not. So are you afraid to ask? I'm not. And I come boldly before the throne of grace to present my request to God because he tells me to. So let me encourage you, pray audacious, impossible, detailed, big and small, bold prayers. God is a big God. He can handle it. And if you're praying outside his will, trust me, he will show you. So ladies, do you pray what's on your heart, even when it seems impossible? I do. I pray what's on my heart. I think, you know, I think back to grief, you know, there's been long, hard seasons of grieving in um, my life. And I feel like those are the moments when I when I really call out to the Lord about what's on my heart, um, not just a, you know, everyday conversation and petition and time with him, but more of those are the things that are on my heart. Um, there's been times in need of provision times when I'm driving down the road and I just want to talk to the Lord and have that conversation. And I tell him what's on my heart, those rare moments when I'm alone without my children and I need to cry out to him. I think of Psalms and David often and the words that we read of David praying and talking to the Lord. And it's, it's a lot of what was on his heart. Um, and it was real and it was sometimes difficult and sometimes challenging to the Lord. And, and I feel like that's good for me. And I make a a practice of doing that so that I can have that real deep conversation with him. 
I know that I have been better at this in different seasons of my life. And, and oftentimes it's during hard seasons. And I think that that is one of the hidden secret gifts of a hard season is that really does, um, or at least in my own life, it draws me near to God because I recognize he is all I've got. He, he is what I need most. So I think it goes back to what September was saying earlier about the difference between a religion and a relationship. If I acknowledge and examine the really great relationships I have in my life, like um, the one I have with my husband, I share really deep things with my husband. And, and when I do, I become vulnerable, which binds our relationship. Now we have this intimate connection. And in the same way, I want to share deep and hard things with God because, you know, vulnerability, trust, honesty, intimacy, all of those things are really benchmarks of a healthy relationship. So praying what's on my heart tells God that I trust him enough with this hard thing. And, and that really does cultivate and nurture a really great relationship with God. But as I said, I'm not always the best at that. And oftentimes it does require because I, I'm just a hard lump and, and I'm a slow sheep and <laughs> it, it takes me a long winding road to get where I need to be sometimes. So oftentimes, you know, God has to use hard things in my life to get me to come to him. Wouldn't it be so much easier if I, if I just went to him regardless I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> Aren't we all? Oh my gosh. We're all slow sheep. I think sometimes, you know, I pray for impossible things all the time. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still dealing with anxiety that hasn't fully quit for four years, but I keep asking, I keep seeking, I keep knocking. I love the way the Amplified Bible translates this verse. It's Matthew 7, 7 through 8. It says, keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds and to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be open. So prevail in prayer. Keep asking until you get the answer. Sometimes I just say to God, okay, God, it's me. I'm like that woman who kept bugging the un unrighteous judge in Luke 18. I'm going to keep bugging you until I get an answer from you. Yes or no, I need an answer and I won't give up until I get one. The Amplified Bible says it this way from James 5.16. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We need to be continuous and consistent in prayer. And the good thing is God tells us to. So yes, I pray for impossible things and I, I don't give up. I just keep praying. Um, so what kind of long-term prayers are you praying for your children? Or, or do, you, do you think that's something that you should do to pray long-term prayers? Yeah, for me, you know, for our home, you know, my husband and I and myself, we pray for, of course, the salvation for our children from the time that God gives us our children. Um, we're always praying for them to find a spouse that loves the Lord and that, um, that they will find that person and God will be with that spouse in the time. We pray um, that that child will live a life pleasing to the Lord when they leave our home. And um, those are just a few things. And I do, I, we pray for those things long-term, um, it's not something we pray daily, but I can tell you that when my husband's father visits us or my father-in-law, when we visit my father and mother-in-law, 
every time we hang up the phone or say goodbye, my father-in-law says to me and my husband, and then also to my children, which are his grandchildren, um, I pray for you every day. And um, he has said that for years and he has a prayer list of everyone in the family and he has more time now. He's retired and he tells us, I pray for you every day. And then when we see them, they say, you know, how, how is the new baby? Um, I was praying for that. And so I just find it amazing that, um, and, I, and I'm impacted by that to know that there's someone praying long-term for me and has been. So I'm thinking, this is just another one of those generational things of pillars of faith, prayer, that we need to continue to pass into our family. And when our children know that their grandparents and then us are also praying for them, then um, I think it encourages them and it challenges them. And I think we all know those, those people, you know, that are, well, I hope we all know at least one person who is just um, really dedicated and committed to praying for us. And they're usually the ones that we go to first when we need prayer. My father-in-law is that in our life as well as my mother. And, and I hope that someday I can be that way for my own children, that they know, oh, I'm going to go to mom because I know she is going to pray for me um, with regards to this. I think you know, that I can name off some specific long-term prayers, but I think all the things that my husband and I pray on behalf of our kids, as far as long-term prayers can be summed up in two ways. Um, I want them to know him more today than they did yesterday. And I want them to love him more today than they did yesterday. And I think when, when they know who he is and what he has done, I think they'll have no problems trusting him with their lives and with his plans even with hard things. And when their love for him grows, they'll want to serve him and obey him and, and share him with others. I think it's like a cyclical thing. So as they get to know him, they love him more. As they love him more, they'll want to serve him and know him more. And, and so really all of our prayers can be summed up with those two things. God, would you, would you please let my kids know you more today and love you more today? So do either of you write your prayers down or keep any kind of a, a prayer journal? And if so, do you find that helpful? You know, for me, that's been intermittent, depending on the season of life I'm in and how busy I am. But, um, you know, my youngest is eight and I have some more time to do that now. And I'm finding it very good for me because then I can go back and see, you know, his faithfulness and those things that I need to be reminded to pray for and how far we've come. And, um, so yeah, it, for me, it's intermittent and I do, I do like to write down my prayers and in my book, actually, while well, my motherhood matters, I ended each chapter with a prayer for moms. And I think that's a good thing for us to remember in this episode on our podcast today is that as we're talking about prayer for our children, it really just to pray for our motherhood as well. Um, I'm constantly being reminded of that. Like I need, this is an area I need to pray, um, for me, you know, in my motherhood, uh, I think particularly of the episode where we talk about the yelling mom and, you know, usually there's things that happen in our homes and we're praying for our children because they have a lack of self-control or they're struggling in such an area. Therefore we become the yelling mom or so we think. And I can remember this particular time that I, um, came head to head with who I was as a mom and as a yelling mom. And I just had to humble myself and apologize to my daughter and pray over her 
and pray for my motherhood as well in that moment. That was a pivotal point for me in my motherhood as a yelling mom. And I wrote out that prayer. And it's something that always reminds me of God's faithfulness to bring me to a place where I have this great relationship with her now. And she heard me pray over her and she heard me ask forgiveness. So the layers of prayer in motherhood are so you know, forgiveness and petition and um, growth, all of those things. So when we write these things down, we're reminded of God's faithfulness. I've always kept a prayer journal, but I think that's just my personality. I know that my brain is a wandering way unless I actually write down my thoughts. Kind of writing down my thoughts helps me focus that time so that I don't start thinking about other things or I don't start thinking about the to-dos Um, that I have to get to later that day. So I actually keep two different prayer journals. The first one um, is the Give Me Jesus journal by Well-Watered Woman. And I mostly use that journal for taking notes during my personal Bible time and even sermon notes when I'm at church. But there's this section in the back for prayer requests. And I use that section as kind of a catalog of some specific kind of long-term prayers. I assign Um, certain people or certain groups of people to a day of the week so that I am really mindful to pray for those things on that day. And that's not to say that that's the only thing I pray for on that day, but that I've given those particular points of prayer a spot on the calendar so that I'm faithful to pray for them. So that's when I pray specifically for like our pastor and our church leaders. I pray for him on Sunday and On Monday, I'm sure to pray for our government leaders, our president, our mayors, um, people in political office. And so I just assign some of those more general categories a day. And then I also just keep a spiral notebook. It's just, you know, a cheap 20 cent spiral notebook from Walmart. So I keep that spiral notebook and I write down my prayers as I'm praying them. It keeps my mind focused on praying and communing with God so that my mind does not wander. It really helps me be laser focused in that prayer time. Wonderful. Ladies, what answers to prayer have you experienced in your family? I'm sure you both have experienced some amazing answers to prayer. You know, for, for me personally, in our family, um, we like to think of answers to prayer as like, um, the setting up of stones, like a, an altar of remembrance. So our children can see. So we actually have a, you know, thing on our wall that has specific huge answers to prayer that, um, whether it was test results or a paid, um, financial bill, the receipt, there are huge, some very significant things that we've saved. And, um, a couple of years ago, my husband had everyone go out in the front lawn and each get a big stone and bring it to us, you know, an out of the place area where we don't mow and things like that. And he had each person put, put down their big stone and share something that God has shown them in an answer to prayer for our family or for them. And we built this altar of remembrance and, um, wow, that is powerful. And it's, it's still there and it it looks kind of silly, but it's not because it's huge. It was a huge visual thing for our kids to see. Um, because you know, something like that, the rain, the snow, nothing can take that away. And um, we always remember it. So whether it's been a breakthrough spiritually or a positive test result or negative test result. Um, there's been opposition in relationships that God healed that we never thought in a lifetime we'd see. Um, 
behavior in maybe some of our children's salvation provision. There's been so many times God has provided for us. And so we have worked really hard, my husband and I, to share those things out loud because as our children grow up, you know, we have to remember they don't know what happened before they came along and they don't remember what happened. I can promise you, a lot of your kids won't remember what happened in their life before they were 18. You will tell them something that happened when they were 14 and they, when they're 19, you'll tell them and they'll say, I didn't know that was going on in your life then mom and dad. But then you're so far down the road, you can tell them, well, this is what God did with this. And those huge answers to prayer. And they remember these things. These are the testament and the testimonies. So it's, it's very important. My husband and I, we've learned super important to recall these things frequently, um, not just to pray about them and to share them, but to recall them frequently. We repeat a lot of the same stories about how God answered our prayers um, because we want them to remember them. I love that September. That that reminds me of my most favorite story in all of scripture in Joshua 4 about building the altar of remembrance stones and telling what good things the Lord has done, not just to your children, but to the, your children's children. Um, we do something similar at, around our house. We haven't actually built an altar of stones, but I think we try to be mindful, my husband and I, to, like you said, tell those stories that maybe our kids don't remember because they were too little or maybe weren't privy to all the back end parts of that particular incident to know just how great and big God was in that particular circumstance. And I'm gonna give you an example this is a story that I, I hope to continue telling and, until I'm an you know, old, gray-haired grandma. Um, this was when my oldest son was two, so I had two or three kids at the time, and I was invited to a women's event, and it just happened to be out in the country outside of town. I had never been to this location before. It was at a woman's house. I had the address. This was before Google Maps and, you know, smartphones. So I was just going off of a hand scribbled note of how to get there. And it was in the middle of winter. So you can imagine I live in Minnesota. We're neck deep in snow. And my in-laws just happened to come over that day to spend some time with my husband and my kids while I was at this event. I was driving myself. And as I'm driving, going out in the country, uh, my car veers off the road. It hits an ice patch, it veers off the road, and I end up in a ditch. And I have no idea where I am. I don't know how to get to this house I'm going to. I don't have a cell phone to call anyone to help me in this ditch. I am out in the middle of nowhere. I have not seen a single car in, in the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And it's freezing and it's, you know, the ground is covered in snow. Well, after sitting there for a while, a truck out of nowhere with two gentlemen comes pulling up and they, they pulled up on the opposite side of the road so as not to scare me. I'm a, you know, a single woman in my car by myself. They holler across the road and said, you know, are you stuck? Can we come over and push you out? We'd be happy to help if you're comfortable with that. And so here are these two men who came from nowhere, pushed my car out of the ditch, and I was able to, at that point, just head home because I had already missed the event. So I found my way back home. No sooner did I walk through the door, you know, I'm in tears. Um, the day obviously did not go as I had hoped and, and certainly ended up much better than it could have ended up because I was in a ditch in the middle of freezing winter conditions and I made it home safely. But I come home in tears and I'm kind of blubbering through the story of what happened. And I, my father-in-law said, Jamie, how long ago was that, that those men pulled up 
at the side of the road. And I said, well, it, it honestly was probably 10, 15 minutes ago. It wasn't that long ago because I made it here. And he said, you will not believe this for whatever reason, your son, remember he was two at the time, could barely say a handful of words, grabbed onto my hand and said to me, mama, pray for mama. And he said, I didn't know why I needed to pray for you. I didn't know what I was to pray for, but I just pulled him on my lap onto the rocking chair and we just sat and prayed for mama. And that was about 10 or 15 minutes ago. And I continue to repeat that story to my kids. Obviously, most of them weren't even born at the time because I want them to know what great care and concern our God has in each of our lives and what a generous God he is that he would prompt a little two-year-old boy to pray for his mom. Oh, that's a beautiful story, Jamie. I love that. What a, what a great way to kind of finish out today. You know, we've, we've seen countless answered prayers in our family, just more than I can count. Big prayers, little prayers, prayers for our move to Nashville four years ago, for my book that came out last year, for my health issues, even though I'm still waiting for answers for some of those things. But God always answers every prayer. Either his answer is yes, no, or my least favorite, not yet. That one's the hardest, but that's the one that grows you up and matures you the most. God still answers prayer, and it will always be one of our greatest weapons against the enemy and the most powerful tool in our arsenal. So keep praying, Mama. Keep fighting the good fight and know that your prayers are making a difference, whether you see the fruit now or not. God instructs us to ask, seek, and knock. So ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. God is not bothered by our continued coming to him. You know, I wonder in my own life sometimes if he wants to see if I really mean it. One thing I'm sure of, prayer works. And God is still in the business of answering our prayers. So I encourage you to pray for your children. Ask the Holy Spirit what to pray for specifically if you're not sure, and he'll show you. Nothing is too small or too big to pray about. Pray scripture over your children, and if it works for you, start a prayer journal. So let me take a moment and pray for us all. Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and my heartfelt cry is that you would teach us how to pray. Your word says, if we lack wisdom, to ask you for it, and you'll give it liberally and without reproach. Father, give us divine wisdom in prayer. Show us what to pray and teach us how to pray. Put a big dream in our hearts for our children. Teach us how to pray your word. Remind us to be specific and consistent in our prayer and begin to show us what long-term prayers we should be praying for our children. Thank you for the prayers you've already answered and for the answers yet to come. Help us to have patience as we wait for your perfect timing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it for today, and we'd love to hear how you're praying for your kiddos, and we'd love if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review or a rating. It helps other moms find us. And we also started a mom-to-mom Facebook page, so feel free to like us over there and on Instagram. We're so blessed that you join us here for each episode, and we don't take you for granted for one second. You make our podcast possible, so thank you so much.